Welcome to episode 74 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, so welcome along to episode 74 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? Sensational, thank you. And you? Actually, I'm, I'm very good. You're very good. I'm a little bit tired, to be honest. You're 30. I'm 30. I had my big party on Saturday night. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on, mm. but I didn't get home till 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Solid effort. Solid effort, so very good. Anyway, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. And what have we been doing before the show, John? We're roasting those beans as we speak. <laughs> Got the coffee smell in the Iron Man Talk Studios. Also brought to you by TryBuys.com. John's dying on me today. What else? Athlinks.com. And we've got some exciting news about both of those websites later on in the show. Anyway, in today's show, we've got news. We've got Age Grouper of the Week. High Five is on. Uh, it's five random tips that I'm going to give uh, from a talk that I went to the other day by a guy called Ken Revisa, who's a university lecturer over in the States. Okay. Uh, and what was the talk about? A psych guy. Okay, psych, like sports psych. Sports psych. Very good. Specific, I like to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, website of the week, we've got Coach's Corner. And we've got uh, David Watt from a company called Brandex in New Zealand, and they are the distributors for skins. And we're just going to talk about compression garments and obviously specifically skins, so we hope you find that interesting. I'm sure you will. And lastly, we have a couple of questions and answers at the end. We're going to knock off. We've got lots of races to go through later on, but there's a couple of things we're going to cover first. First of all, which is big news probably, is that the 101 series has gone under. It's gone ski. Gone. So go to the website. All triathlon 101 events have been cancelled until further notice. All participant entry fees for uh, races will be transferred or refunded. Mm, a bit so. of a shame, really. I mean, uh, I just wonder whether they got into things a little bit too late. You know, if if, if I was getting ready for a race ne- next year, you know, you've got to be onto it now. And I think they probably came into the game a little bit too late and uh, didn't get the entry fees they expected. But I think... All these new races, you've got to expect not to get many people in the first year, mm. and, uh, and that's even, even three or four plan. years, wouldn't you? Yeah, so they had big ambitions and they had uh, good prize money and they got some good pros along, but obviously they didn't have the the business plan or the backing to really um, to, to sort of tough it out through the first year or two, and, and then you know hopefully I think it would have grown after that. It's an interesting thing because. Um Obviously, they got known within like the hardcore triathlon community. Like most mm. of our listeners, I'm sure know of it. But I wonder to the general public who really heard of the yeah. 101 series because you know at the end of the day, that's where Ironman has the appeal. You know, you say to someone you've done an Ironman, and the general public knows what that means. Yeah, if you say, you, "What's a 101?" I did a 101. You know, like, okay, what's that? Okay, well, what happens is this, this bike? <laughs> you swim 1.86 miles. Yeah, yeah, and so on. And. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pity really because they they seem to have been trying to do it in a real professional way, but and it was a good distance, you know, it was a bit shorter than Ironman, so I think he could have got away with quite a bit less training. Uh, so yeah, it's a shame, um, but mm. they haven't totally race. written it off because they're saying maybe there'll be some races in two thousand eight. So yeah, hopefully they can pull it off. And uh, yeah, interesting. What else we got on here? Uh, Wanaka, the website is back up, so there was also a little bit of confusion about what was going on with Wanaka. There's been a change in management uh, with the the Walker Challenge Wanaka race, so yep. the site's back up and live, and everything's sort of uh, pretty much carrying on as normal. So if anybody was concerned about that, you just need to go check it out. I think it's challenge-wanaka.com, uh, yep. and it's looking forward to being a great race. I've got more entries than they had last year, and it's still you know what five or six months out from the race, so. 
Uh, we're looking forward to going down and uh, hopefully supporting that race. You're going you're gonna to go down here? I think so, yeah. I'm just thinking about doing a little Trying bike ride, ride down there. So we can, we can we're going to ride there, are we? we? We can ride down there. Bring it on, Tempon. And, uh, yeah, it's a good race. And also, just a word of warning for Christchurch <laughs> listeners, magpie season has officially magpie started. Magpies are back out. And I haven't been struck yet, but we have these birds in New Zealand called magpies. They're a bit like we sort of ravens, and they just attack. See, I'm, I'm still in my off-season. I, yeah. I haven't ridden my bike since road. And uh, it was funny. I was coming home from town the other night, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I saw all these cyclists, and I thought, bugger that for a life. <laughs> 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 but don't worry. Next week, i get back into it. Yeah. Anyway, we had a lot of racing on over last weekend, and uh, we're really going to cover the Ironmans mainly. And uh, from there, we'll have a quick look at a couple of other races. But first of all, the big race that we probably want to cover first is Ironman Canada. Mm. And a bit of a surprise, really. Well, not a surprise, but... Surprise for Gordo, at least. It was um, hats off to um, Kieran Doe. Fantastic race. Yep. Um, you know, I was a little bit sceptical before the race. He, he has shown that he's got the talent to do it, but he's very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, so great to see that he's oh, come back from amazing uh, injury. Amazing from start to finish. Yeah, and, and he's really is a name to watch because he can swim with the top guys, he can bike with the top guys, and his run now is improving. Yep. Uh, he, that's the second time in a row, you know, well, second time uh, that he's run a good three-hour marathon. So he did it and wrote, and he's done it here. 8.32 on that course is actually a pretty damn good time. Yep. Uh, if you go back and look through all the results over the last you know, three or four years, uh, that would have won him the race plenty of times over. I think the fastest time that I looked at was about 8.28 was when the year Tom Evans won. So 8.32 was a solid time, and especially when you had to do it solo the whole way. Yep. Um, so, you know, and, and hats off, who knows, he may have, may have been able to run it a little bit quicker if he was under pressure. He, he did it pretty comfortably by seven Apparently, apparently he did kind of blow up a little bit in the last 10K. Yeah. But... He was obviously well in front. Awesome swim. Yeah, fantastic swim. 48 minutes. You only got to go under 40, under 50 minutes. So it looks like the swim was, you know, marginally long um, because you'd expect Kieran to sometimes be a bit quicker than that. But when you look at everybody else's splits, they, they weren't particularly quick. So, yeah, fantastic race. And um, when you actually look at the top 10, it was actually very good racing from sort of, if you take third through to 10th, uh, third yeah. was 8.49 and 10th was 8.59. So, only 10 minutes covering those guys, and so it's probably the, the fastest race we've seen there in a number of years. Uh, it looked like it was a really cool day, uh, and not too hot at all on the run. What's that, mate? <laughs> Bloody people, don't they know that I'm doing a podcast? And it's got an on-off button. That's yeah. what you do. Um, but it looked like pretty cool conditions. Often in Canada, it can be very, very hot, so uh, yeah, not not so many explosions on the run. And Kieran's so young, like he's only 26, he's definitely got a big future in front of him. The running will come, and yeah. you know, he's obviously a strong swimmer, a strong cyclist. You know, potentially another three or four years, he could be one of the guys right up there in Hawaii, you know, especially if he can keep his head together, you know, that's, yeah. that's been his issue in the past, and yeah. uh, I think he's going to be backing up uh, racing in Clearwater later in the year. Yep. Um, and to give people an idea, I mean, Triathlon does get fantastic coverage in New Zealand. His, he, it's been all over the radio this yep. morning that yep. he's won this race on national radios, it's in the papers and yep. stuff, so good on him. And uh, fingers crossed he can keep keep going the same vein and uh, yeah. sort of take over the mantle from Cameron Brown and he's, as he sorts starts to. Maybe fade out in the next few years' time. Yeah, totally. And uh, second place we had Jonathan, how's that, Caron? Caron? Yep. He's a, a local fella. Uh, pretty solid race as well. Came home in a 2.55 for 8.39. Nice. And uh, Chris Brown came in at third place. And another young guy. He's only 25. So, um, so have you had a chance to talk to Gordo? 
No, I haven't had a chance to talk to Gordo yet. So what did Gordo? Gordo still. Hats off to Gordo. Still, he didn't give up. I mean, he did a nine oh three, which is well off what he was obviously hoping to go. Yep. But um, when you potentially you are the race favourite, pretty easy if you you're not having a good day. And he clearly had a bad day from the word go. Yeah. Um, to just pack it in and, and pack a sad. But you know, to his credit, he kept going and uh, still posted a nine oh three. To be honest, he would have had to be on top form, and he would have had to do a race PB, uh, race out of his skin to win the and race. And he's done eight twenty nine. Yeah, on, on a good day. So yeah. he would have had to be at his very, very best yep. uh, and had a blinder of a race. As it turned out, he was 21 minutes down coming off the bike. So he, he would have had to have relied on Kieran blowing up. Um, Did you not push your button, mate? I'm, I'm going to in a second. Uh, Professional, mate. So it wasn't Gordo's day. Um, who else did we hear? Bevan's looking around for his. Uh, but you know, I, th- I think the one reason, you know, if I can single out one reason that why he didn't perform is because he's grown a mullet. That's <laughs> right, he's got a mullet. I couldn't believe it. I turned the co- coverage on. He's got a mullet. And uh, to, to be fairness to Ironman.com, uh, it was fantastic coverage. The website went down a few times, but the video coverage yeah, was, it was, was, it was really good, wasn't it? It turned it on in the morning, and I don't know what stage it was in the race. And then they did this interview with Gordo, and he's got this big mully of hair. And I just thought... You know where that inspiration comes from, isn't it? <laughs> it was my epic camp imp- inspiration. Oh, and I thought that's... That's it. He's going to have a bad one, and he did. Um, no, it was nothing to do with it. But no, I haven't heard from him, and uh, we'll wait and see. Just quickly, Jarrett from uh, Epic Camp. Oh, that's a solid result. Result. Nice yeah. work. That's his first side man, sub 10, so nice, nice work, work. Jarrett. And on the girls' side of things? It was quite a good race on the girls' side of things, actually. Um, the sort of lead was seesawing back in front, and uh, Lisa Bentley ended up taking it. Only did 9.41. <clears throat> yep. She's gone much quicker than that in Canada before, um, but I understand she was under a bit of an injury cloud. hasn't hasn't done as much running. Yeah. Um, but she managed to. Linda Galio was leading for a long part of the race, uh, and then she sort of got surpassed on the run. So Lisa Bentley swam fifty seven, rode five twenty seven, ran three twelve. Sarah Gross was second, 50, pretty much the same splits. Uh, it was only two minutes back. Yeah. And then uh, Heather Fewer came back really well on the run, running a 3.06, and she got third in 9.49. And for us Kiwis, obviously, Vicky Jones, uh, the lady we were talking about last week, who'd won Hawaii age group twice, turned pro and came in in sixth place. So Pretty solid race. I think yeah. uh, maybe a little bit disappointed with her swim, but but really good bike. I mean, it's, I think she had the fastest bike. She did have the fastest yeah, wow. bike split overall. Um, faded a little bit on the run, but still, that's a pretty solid effort. I know Meryl McDonald got the fastest. Uh, she did too. By a couple of seconds. By, by four, five seconds. Mm. So pretty good race really, wasn't it? Yeah, good stuff. Uh, everybody raced out there and um, big numbers, always is in Canada and it was a 25th anniversary so it's been around for a long time. Okay, so we also had Iron Man Career and we forgot to even mention this one last week, didn't we? We had a bit of a shocker. <laughs> Who did the piece on that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pass on the responsibility to you. Slow race. It's a slow race but it really always is. Slow. Yeah. Uh, Reynard Tissink uh, won the race in 908. Uh, swam 53, so a little bit slow in the swim as well. So obviously a bit long. Only rode 444, and he was much faster than everybody else. Yep. And uh, we can't see the run splits further yeah. over the page. Uh, oh, there we go. And uh, 325. Only ran a 325, so obviously wow. blew badly on the run, but had a big enough lead off the bike to to uh, to hang on and park. But boom. Byung Hun from Korea, who's their local favourite, second place in 9.15. And uh, good old Olaf uh, uh, was came home third in 9.23. So typically, if you look at the results over the last few years, they are often over nine hours. I think one year, Patrick VNA did a really good time, did about an 8.45 or something like that. So the reason for it, it's incredibly hot over there. When I looked at one of the updates, uh, I think it was early on the bike and it was already up into the 30s. Uh, 
So, you know, it's it's a tough day and I think the bike's very challenging and the run's fairly undulating as well and throw that in with the swim and uh, it's a pretty tough day. So Bevan's computer's frozen. Now, they've got a stupid page on the Korean one. It's, oh, it's, it's obviously been done very well. Anyway, the girls, um, Christina Wellington won it. Christina Wellington won it. Yeah. Nice surname. Yeah, from Wellington apparently. And uh, so that was really cool. I can't actually get the rest of the information because the website's gone stupid. No, so we used to go on there. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Louisville. Are we going to Louisville? Yeah. Okay. We were. We'll come. We'll come back to Santa Cho because with a few other results, I wanted to pull out of there as well. Okay. So big day for a good mate of ours. Chris McDonald won his first Iron Man. It was very impressive. Yeah. Great day. I'm really happy for him. Good steady day at the office, basically. Mm. Uh, you, looking at the field, you'd expect Chris to be on the podium yep. and uh, to do the business on the day is is really solid and and solid all round. 51 minute swim, 4:39 on the bike, and pulled it off with a, a steady three hour run on the marathon. Yep. And he had to come from behind. He wasn't leading off the bike. Um, but you know, oh, was he? no, he, uh, yeah, he, he, Tolkinson. Yeah, TJ Tolkinson was. Uh, you would have expected TJ Tolkinson to maybe even go a bit harder than that. When I saw um, maybe a quick interview with Chris, he said, you know, he was pretty concerned on the bike to make sure that TJ didn't get away from him, yep. um, and so he kept him in touch and then uh, nailed it on the run. So fantastic effort. It's a good story because you know, it, well, we had him on the show, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. And people like Chris, you know, he late starter into the sport. Only started uh, probably around about the late nineties, maybe ninety nine or something like that, and uh, didn't come from any sort of background. You know, he used to play hockey, and his brothers did Ironman, so he thought he'd give it a crack. And he was pretty ordinary to start with. He, you could see that he was naturally strong on the bike. Um, his, his running technique was was good, so he could sort of shuffle along at a good speed. And he's worked really hard on his swimming. Like when he started, he was over one hour um, in the swim, well over an hour. And he's got down now to swimming 51, which is as competitive as you need to be for Ironman racing. Yep. Uh, he's a, an animal on the bike, and he's just a good steady run. And, and these days, if you can run three hours or just a little bit under, you're going to be competitive at Ironman. So... Uh, Great work to him. Craig McKenzie, I think he's an Aussie, was second place and he was uh, six minutes back. Uh, and then TJ Tolkinson, who's, who's won Fed a bit on the run, didn't he? He did. He's uh, had some great 70.3 races this season. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic race for Chris and uh, well Can done. Nice of note? Not really. No, I think uh, the one one of note that pulled out was um, the old glove man. So, oh, uh, I did not finish. Maybe, okay. maybe he didn't wear the gloves in the swim. And, maybe he's uh, a bit tired. Yeah. Your side of things, Nina Craft came in at second, but Heather Golnick took it out. Yeah, so how many races has she won this year? I mean, yeah. she got second in New Zealand. Or She's not a big female field, only four, no. four finishes. And, and, you know, pro chicks, I mean, uh, you know, there's so many races you can go out and do, and you've just got to finish. You've got to finish within the percentage, and you're in the money. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not hard, to be honest. Uh, so it's good, good work on Heather Golnick. She did the business easily, 9.23, pretty yep. solid time. So still did a solid day, didn't she? Oh, very solid. Yep. Um, well, she finished 15th overall by the look yep. of it. Yep. Uh, Nina Craft faded badly on the run. Apparently she had problems on the bike as well. Uh, I think she pulled over for 10 minutes trying to get something fixed on the oh, bike. Okay. Um, and then Marika Kramer Postma was third in 10.24. So, okay. yeah. Nice. Nice work. One thing I did do is, uh, and this may be a point, I, I was watching Kentucky on the website yeah and uh, or maybe it was even Canada it was one of them I was watching the live coverage and uh, they had the <laughs> they tried to put the banner across everyone coming across the line yeah and <laughs> it was a disaster because yeah. you get like three people coming at once and they're bumping into them and <laughs> but it made me realise how the races are getting oversold because yeah. it was just like it would just be like name after name after name after he wasn't even saying you're an Iron Man it's like yeah. John, Bevan, Jisoo, John yeah, yeah. you know and it was yeah. just yeah it was I don't know. It was definitely it was interesting to see it from that perspective. Anyway, uh, so we're going back to career for the girls. Yes. So, so Christine, Christine Wellington, 
She's a Pommy girl, and she came home in 9.54 in seventh place overall. That's outstanding. And she beat guys like Justin Granger, yeah. um, Pete Jacobs, Luke Drag, so they all blew up. Uh, so fantastic effort. And second place was Yasuko Miyazaki in 10.44. And then? Third place was Sylvia Zaka in 11.17. So, again... Well, I, I can't understand why more pros didn't turn up there. The money was fantastic. Yeah. You know, there was that bonus prize money we talked about a few weeks ago. So oh, of course. They had the standard Ironman prize money, which is about 50000 US total. Yep. But then there was all the top-ups that you get for winning your sort of region, uh, regional area. So you could have worked, worked home with, uh, with plenty, of, plenty of dosh in your camp. In your, uh, in in your camp. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so Astro Man International is... Oh, no, no. Oh, it's coming up, up, isn't it? It's coming up, Evan. Okay, so what else have we got here? Did you just... Uh, what else have we got coming up? No, those are the races results. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so the Albemere Triathlon was on, if you go back a page. Back a page, back yeah. it up. Albemere was on at the weekend and back another page. Back it up. <laughs> Albemere was on uh, at the weekend, which is a very long standing race uh, in Holland. It's an iron distance race, flat course. Um, there's a fairly good. Um, little write up on k226.com and Yvonne van van Vlerken who won wrote uh, in 8.51 has backed that up with another sub 9 hour race doing 8.57 at uh, at, uh, at uh, okay, so, so fantastic race amazing yep. phenomenal excellent unbelievable and, so so love to in Hawaii Sorry? I'd love to see you in Hawaii. It would be interesting. It would be very interesting. You know, if you, you know, like sub-nines for a female is just unbelievable. Exactly. And to have done two in, what, three months? Exactly. Uh, Not place. And second place female, Helen de... Oh, man, these Dutch names. We'll just call her <laughs> Helen. Uh, she did 9-12, and then Sophia Gross of Belgium came in third. So it's obviously a fast race as well. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Timu Tiervin of Finland uh, had a strong race in the men's... Uh, what was his time... We don't Doesn't have the time in there, but Jonas uh, Colting was second place. Oh, very good. And whatever else have we got here? We also the had Extreme the Man. Extreme Man in Hungary, which I haven't got any results for, but well done to anybody who raced there. We also had the Austria Triathlon, um, which has been going on for the last uh, 20 years. They had their 20th anniversary. Oh, wow. And finally, a race we mentioned a few weeks ago uh, that was the Extreme Milana in Sabato, Poland. They had 16 finishes, and uh, first in the men's was... Whoa, okay. <laughs> Mazoskowski Andrezzi. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 1036. Yeah. Second place was uh, yeah. Chucha Machik in 1042. And third was Naroki Sergist in Oh, Naroki. We like that. Yeah. 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 And in the girls' side of things, finishing fifth overall in 1223 was Gorolska Alessandra, I reckon actually you got the names around the wrong way. Uh, I think that's uh, okay. yeah. And in second in the females in fifteen oh three was Yolenta Maslanka. Yep. So it was a good little race over in Poland. Um, great to see. It's only the second time they've ever had an iron distance race there. So it's good to see that uh, things picking up. Okay, this weekend we've got the Big Woody coming up. Big Woody, small race. That's in the a great UK. name. <laughs> big Woody, but it's a small race. <laughs> but it's a small. It's a big one for a small one. <laughs> so Big Woody race in Ross on Wye over in uh, just over the border in Wales. Um, so good luck to anybody racing there. We've, we've also got, got the Canadian. Ca- You're a Canadian. You are a Canadian. And that's coming up this weekend. And then we've also got the Astro Man. Astro um, Man. Astro Man. You are an Astro Man. <laughs> and that's a race I've actually done over in Japan. Oh, how'd you go? 
I got third. As an uh, iron, and Ironman distance. Yep, they've got an iron distance race. I did the actually did the three quarter iron distance race in oh. two races in one day, and uh, I blew up spectacularly with five k to go. Jason Shortest won it, and Belinda Granger won the girls. Oh, there and go. I was second, and then no, I was sitting second, and then I blew up in the last five k. Oh, but I was the first person to finish. It didn't get a drip. The others got about five, oh, really? five, five, five drips each. That so was uh, quite entertaining. We got the Kimmy Half Ironman in Ireland. Yep, we've got plenty of uh, Irish listeners going after that. There's a bit of news on that. There's uh, Tony DeLoyne from the USA who won Lake Placid in 2005 as an age grouper is lining up, and there's uh, apparently a few other hot hot guns uh, lining up there. So good luck to to Jack and all the other guys racing over there in Ireland. Yep, it's good times. And some 70.3s coming up. We've got uh, Monaco. Yep. It'll be interesting to see There's if Cameron Reeves and Cameron Brown's racing, and uh, quite a few good guys are racing there. And also we've got the inaugural Singapore 70.3, and that also has got a really good, strong field in it. Craig Alexander's lining up, uh, and pretty much uh, and Bella and all the guys sort of in that TBB training squad uh, are lining up over there in Singapore. We've got um, a guy when I was in Hong Kong. I was at the gym, and he was doing it. So nice. There you go. It's a, it's a, I think the race might have sold out, I think. Oh, wow. So And also this weekend coming up, we've got the World Triathlon Champ. No, it's not Iron Distance. So don't get on my don't get on my case. John, we don't talk about this stuff. <laughs> but if you go to triathlon.org, they have absolutely fantastic coverage of uh, this weekend uh, of the World Champs. Who, who are you rating for that? I know we're going to talk about oh, that. Oh, Gomez, Gomez should take it pretty easy. The girls' race will be interesting between Fernandez and. Why should he uh, take it easy? Oh, he's he's hidden shoulders above everybody else at the moment. Has he? Yeah. yeah. No, no Kiwi boys? Oh, Bev, Bev Doherty could get on, on podium, I think, if he has a good day. Um, and Gemmell's in good form as well, so, you know, uh, I think Gomez will be hard to beat, but our guys could definitely get on the podium. Okay, so uh, discussion of the week. Last week we talked about, and it was a good discussion actually, we got some really good feedback on this one. As an Ironman athlete, which we're hoping most of you are, yeah, are there, are there some ways as a triathlete to contribute towards more sustainability? Uh, it could be environmental, social, financial, whatever. What can we do to change the world as triathletes? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start off this week. And Kat started off, and basically she said a couple kind of really simple things, but first of all, don't leave rubbish on the road. And she means even during the race, mm-hmm. like out training, nothing worse than someone who chucks rubbish on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in, even in a race, you find most races have a drop-off point. And so if you've got rubbish, you know, hold on to it and then chuck it out when you get to the rubbish <clears> point. Nice. And she was saying that the Ripperara Road, which is the main road that you ride down in Taupo, yeah. she said she rode down like a week after the race. It was just yeah. covered in mess still. Oh, so she says it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Recycling tubes is also a great thing to do. And you can create uh, swimming bands or bike rack holders. Or you could even patch them up. Do you patch your tubes? I do. I do too, actually. Yep. That's most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some days when I get those five punches in one day, it gets a little bit frustrating, but yep. uh, we've been there. Yep. Uh, my first up one was from T-Rex. He also says patching tyres is a good idea. Uh, low carbon footprints as much as possible, lower carbon footprints as much as possible and try to avoid driving. And bananas for food, the, the ultimate energy food, and the wrappers are biodegradable. Biodegradable. Well, next up, we actually had our Thomas Peoples. That's a good name, eh? Thomas Peoples. My peoples. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, and he actually alluded us to Toby. Toby's uh, a legend. Toby stole our topic. Yeah. We, we stole Toby's topic, really. Yeah, because he's kind of the specialist in the area, isn't yeah. he? And he's actually got a blog, and it's called Being a Better Triathlete, or Being a Better Athlete, How to Be a Sustainable Triathlete. And he writes on it, um, and he's got a bit of a kind of an intro piece at the top of the page, and every so often he goes on, and he's actually talking about Art of Try, which is something we'll talk about eventually as well. But, yep. Um, Next week. 
Is that next week, is it? Okay. Um, but he just, he's got a really good perspective. I don't know what Toby's history is in this area, but he just, obviously a very intelligent man. He is. Single, I think. Two ladies. So oh, there you go. Did a 915 in the UK. Single. Fast, single. Oh, he's hot. Yeah. He's intelligent. He's got a blog. Maybe, you've got a blog, maybe, maybe, rock, can you? Maybe you should go on that uh, dating program, that you, the dating thing we talked That's about. That's right. Yeah, Toby, get on it, mate. <laughs> so um, so check out his website. It's, the link's on our one, um, on our blog. It's a really good read, and he really obviously puts a lot of thought into his, <clears throat> what he's coming up with here, and just kind of gives you ideas on what you can do as an athlete, you know, Mm. It's good to have someone actually doing the work in this area, right? Exactly. And one of the things he's talked about on there is, um, is again, is your carbon footprint. So, you know, if you are going to travel to a race, what can you do to sort of um, to yeah. get a, what do they call it? Uh, carbon credit. Yeah, exactly, carbon credit. Yep. So he's working on that. So good work, Toby. <coughs> nice. Very famous you are now. Uh, my next one was from Uli. Um, apart from the obvious topics, one might also think about investing into gear from companies that act socially responsibly socially responsible mm. um, 99% of running shoes and gear are made in China um, so there's a good website you can check out he's put on here fairlabor.org so perhaps supporting the companies you know it's going to be hard not to buy shoes that running shoes that aren't made somewhere in Asia basically yep. um, as much as we'd love to support the local stuff yeah we could <laughs> Bevan and John <laughs> yeah, and right. Um, so he suggested going on to fairlabor.org and they sort of rate the different uh, organisations and you can you know choose to buy off a company that is uh, nice. a bit fair. Okay, next up we had um, Daniel. And Daniel actually was saying, don't qualify for Hawaii, he's saying, <laughs> which is a biggie. I'm sure if you qualify, it's harder to say no than yes. But just saying that the amount of fly- 40 hours of flying time is a waste of a lot of energy and it's, you know, you know all these other things in comparison uh, ideally traveling I think the thing is is that try not to travel too much for races mm. you know like sure if you want to try to qualify for Hawaii you know to do one race a year where your travel is cool and make a trip out of it uh, but if you're always traveling a lot to races then that definitely <coughs> does have an effect on the environment mm. um, so you've got to get those carbon credits that's right uh, Nick says wow wow Toby's blog is great wow so, uh, and he's single yeah. I hope he's single <laughs> and uh, Nick actually uh, brought up the topic so what he does is he buys uh, energy gels in bulk containers oh um, nice that's good uh, obviously that reduces the amount of waste and yeah. then uh, buys other things in multi-serve um, containers as well uh, washable flasks instead of individual packets that get thrown away uh, and then he uses up all his drink powder con- uh, bulk containers and he recycles them and uses them for storing odds and ends such as screws parts etc etc so recycling his containers uh, Andreas is saying recycle your CO2 canisters mm. now that's obviously when you take them to the dump I say you don't even use CO2 canisters yeah I, I, same unless you're racing a complete waste of time yeah, yeah. I, 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 that annoys me as but you, you use them in a race in a race yeah, yeah fine in a race but yeah. Just use a bloody pump. Yeah, harden up. Yeah. Good for your arms. And we've got pretty skinny arms, us triathletes, so, exactly. so we need to work on the arms a little bit. Yeah. Um, use your car, limit the use of your car, ride or run to work, um, which is, or errands, which is so true. Um, and then uh, we went on to the air travel one again, carbon emissions. We all want to travel to great races, but why not buy carbon set-offs <coughs> from your airline uh, if they offer them or ask why they don't? So you can obviously buy a carbon set-off. Well, I think, yeah, somebody was saying that with the uh, Virgin you can maybe do that or, or okay. something like that. And he so, was saying um, maybe it would be great if all the airlines sort of implemented it as part of the ticket price. So that you're producing this much carbon and then this amount of money is going towards yep. your yep, um, great. credit. Uh, the final one, that coffee? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, just getting a coffee with. Um, well, finally, one from me from was from Snorps. All the carbon emissions should be collected and then made into some new zip racing wheels for me. <laughs> nice. Happy face. Um, and lastly, from me, Glenn, you're saying every time you do a race, plant a tree. Yes. It's actually quite a nice idea, right? Nice. You yeah. can have like you have a place when you go back and reflect. Yeah, that's my rote tree. And, and you have carb in the tree. I love my partner. Yep. You don't want to kill a tree though. Well, because if you carve it, yeah, yeah, oh, true. You've got to be careful on that. But just to, like the bark. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let you over there. Do that. My, my sister's boyfriend, yeah, is her engaged to his girlfriend, to my sister. Yeah, he went. He he done it years earlier. That was the beautiful thing about it. Now, guys, listen. If you want to do this, he went there a few years earlier, carved an "I love Shelley" in a tree. And she never knew about it. Oh, yeah. And a couple of years later, went back to the tree and then proposed to her. And it kind of looked like a couple of years old, so it looked oh, real nice. Yeah, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? You got some romantics. Did, in your did you do romantic? Oh yeah. What'd you do? I proposed to Belinda in Venice on a gondola. Nice. Had I had a bottle of New Zealand wine, a bit of cheese. You graffitied on the on the gondola a couple of years earlier, hadn't you? Yeah, I had. <laughs> Special trip over to Venice. Okay, so, so this week we've got coming up. Oh, have you got any any things that you do at all? Romance wise? No. Oh, no. Nice saying. work. <laughs> you got him there. No, um okay, so uh, I don't own a car. Yes. Which is a biggie. Um, I cycle everywhere. Um, even if my poor daughter has to cycle everywhere with me, I I'm conscious of the things I do, and I, I try to recycle as much as I can. As a triathlete, I tend not to buy. Um, I don't know. I, I'm like I, yeah. I think a lot of our things is they kind of combine in nicely because we're both cheap. Yeah, it actually helps. You know, the environment. I'm actually big on this environment thing. Is that you know I'm to be honest, I'm not the most consciously environmental person, but I am very cheap, yeah. and I think because I'm very cheap that I'm good for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I can honestly look at my life, and I know that I live in a way that's quite sustainable. And um, like I don't, you know, get new clothes all the time. I pretty much wear the same clothes all the time. Like yeah. even my triathlon <clears throat> gear, it's gear that I've had for a long time, unless I've been given it. And um, I, I do believe that I know I live in a good way. But uh, yeah. Much the same. I don't have a car. We've got one car between two, and I've got my little scooter. Yep. So I think that's pretty uh, environmentally friendly. Yep. Uh, also, ride places. Um, I sell a lot of my gear, and again, that's because I'm cheap, but I don't like, if I want to throw it out, I just chuck it up on Trade Me or something, yep. which is our version of eBay, yep. and just flog off gear or give it to people. Oh, little things like not throwing away rubbish when you're out training. Yeah, yeah. That really frustrates people, me someone. If people throw away their tires or something when they're out training, just chuck them on the ground. Ooh. Yeah, even just don't, your, don't your packets. You know, you've got yeah. a pocket, chuck it in your pocket. Exactly. You know? Um, and so those are probably the main things I do, and then obviously other non-triathlon related stuff. We want it's another topic for another day, but um, yeah, yeah. If we can all do our part, and if you, if you go onto our website, you'll see the tops we're actually wearing on there. We're going to review them uh, next week, and maybe just talk about a few other things that that, that company is doing. I would try, yeah, of, yeah, um, doing great stuff in terms of what they're doing. Okay, so this week's discussion is it's from Rich go- Coleman. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be a controversial one. Rich Coleman came to us and he's a controversial type of person. <laughs> he's been out about livening the blog questions up with the following. How many people actually missed the Ironman cutoff time? Do listeners think that the cutoff times are too achievable? Should we reduce it, say, down to 14 hours? Hmm. <sighs> That's a biggie. Let's put it out there. Put no, it out no there. No comments from us. So, we, so we basically want to know: should there be a cutoff, or should the cutoff time be lower? And maybe say where you think it should be if you do think it's the case. And we also had one other suggestion. I can't remember who it was from. Oh, um, we should do. We should do this. We'll do this one next week. Oh, I don't even think we should do it. It's, I think we should. <laughs> okay. Then. The question will be: Is Iron Man harder than having childbirth? <laughs> You're right. Having been there at childbirth, I think this is a. Bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, it's way harder. <laughs> so, so, so that's our discussion for this week, and uh, we'll get into that. Right, uh, long, long time, wasn't it? Was. Yeah, good Ooh. shit. Right, let's do it. 
Rover of the Week. Okay. You go for it. So Ian Clark, good old Ian. Good old Ian. And his web's email. Oh, no, I'm not going to say his email on the show. <laughs> I did that once. <laughs> you did. I'll slam my hand. <laughs> you know, Ian Clark, he sent us through this week's age group of the week, and he basically want to put a friend of his called Fiona Boxall uh, for age group of the week. She races Ironman Switzerland and finished 16th in the age group of 35 to 39 in her first ever Ironman in a time of 12 hours and 44 minutes. An amazing performance for her first venture out into the long races. First time up. Had somebody email me this morning uh, asking... What is target time? He's actually a listener as well. Somebody our coach asking what his uh, target time should be for Ironman. He sort of put one out there and I said, forget it. <laughs> what do you go? Sub nine. <laughs> I said, just focus on getting the finish line. And that's what it's all about for your first one. So Fiona, well done. If you're a listener, well done for getting the finish in 12.44. I think the nice thing when you first start out, you know, like 16th overall in your age group, I don't know how big the field was, but it's obviously pretty good. And, you know, it keeps you in the sport, doesn't it? Because you kind of think, you know, I'm all right at this. And, you know, maybe next time she'll aim for a sub, you know, top 10 and, yep. you know, maybe try to go like half an hour faster or whatever. And, uh, you know, like, I think it's really cool that she did that. She's got the benchmark there. Now she's got to go out there and beat it next time. Yeah, so, Fiona. So, Fiona, you are our age, age group, group of, of the week. week. One, two, three, four, high five. Yeah, you're yeah. getting into that. Oh, it's like my party the other night, I've got some good stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Um, so, yeah, like I said in the introduction. So, John sent us through this one. Yeah. <laughs> John from Crosschurch, New Zealand. He's a bit of a triathlete. <laughs> Actually, apparently, there's something in the triathlete, US triathlete magazine that I'm a triathlon coaching guru. What are you, what are you doing in the US triathlete? I don't know, but it's in there. Am I in there? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man, I'm getting gutted with all the media exposure you're getting. I saw the photo of you. <laughs> I wasn't happy. <laughs> but anyway, I went to five a, random things John picked up from a recent talk by Ken. How do you say it? I think it's Revisa. Revisa. Okay, we'll go one for one. Oh no, I've got to, I've got to do all five. You can, oh, you can, you can, can question. I, can I comment? You okay, can comment. Okay, so John, tell me about the first one. Well, okay, so Ken was a guy coming out from the states. He works with a lot of um, like the US Major League um, oh, okay. baseball teams. Yep. Um, and sports psych. A, yeah, sports psych. Quite an interesting guy. But OTT. Really? Um, but but he's I sort of definitely. <laughs> you don't like the OTT? Do you? Oh, no, he was good. He, he, he grew on me a little bit. Um, but <laughs> he, he loved them by the He end. had some really good points, uh, and I just thought I'd summarise a few of them. So the first point was it's uh, it's good to have crap days when you're training, um, whatever sport you're doing, yep. because if everything's if you're always in the zone, you know that's one of the things a lot of sports psychs people talk about these days, getting into the zone. In the zone. When you're actually in the zone, everything's really easy, and you don't actually have to think that much. Yep. So what's really good is when you have crap days in training, um, really reflecting on them and learning from those crap situations, because it's highly likely that when you're in a race situation, you're not going to be in the zone for nine to fifteen hours. You're going to have some crap times. And if you don't train in those crap times, you just give up when you're training or say, oh, I don't feel so good, I'm not going to train. Come um, race day. Come race day, you're not going to have those those tools to pull on. So that's pretty important. That's pretty important. That, yep. Is that your comment on that one? Well, I just think crap days are part of the deal. Exactly. You know, it's like... But you've got to learn from them. And I think the thing is as well is that you have crap periods within a race. Mm. And so, you know, by learning to handle the crap days and maybe think of ways you can... You know, often on a crap day, I've been able to turn it around and turn it into a good day and... Um, if you can learn to do that through training, you find in a race you're better prepared. So and, and leading on, so it kind of leads on to my second oh, point. Leading on, what's the second point, John? Back briefing, which most people call oh, like massage. Yeah, no, oh. <laughs> that would be massage. Oh, okay. Um, Basically, back briefing was what he calls it. I call it feedback. It's something a lot of people don't do, especially if they're not coached. So when you're 
do a training session or when you do a race, and whether it goes good or bad, basically giving yourself some feedback, and I'd suggest doing some written feedback. Um, so if you have a really bad session, how did you cope getting through it? What sort of things were you thinking about? Were they sort of uh, technique type things? Were they just other mental things? And so always writing those things down so then you can use them as part of your race plan um, for when race day comes around. Hence, the training diary is very important. Yes, very yeah. important. Yes. Okay, number three, on big day. No, be big. Be big. And this is something he talked about. So don't that, don't um, put on weight. <laughs> no, no, big physical presence. So oh, he's psyching people out. Yeah, that's what, what it was about. Uh, he sort of said that a lot, what a lot of baseball um, teams have is as they walk out um, the changing sheds or walking out um, onto the pitch, they often have a big mirror there, and the guys sort of stand in front of the mirror and they just make themselves physically look really tall and really strong and really confident. And I think that's a lot of, uh, that can. I think that's got a big rollover into your. Um, psychology when you're on race day if you're sort of scurrying around being all timid and worried about the day if you just actually just maybe do a bit of a body check and just pull yourself up, walk around so you're a bit prouder, um, I think it'll have quite a nice effect in terms of where you are mentally well, When I was at high school I played volleyball and our coach was a guy called Gilbert Anoka who's New Zealand's top sports. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, wow. he, he was an amazing he's coach Yeah, well, he's yeah. New Zealand's top sports psychologist he does the All Blacks, his cricket teams and um, and he was big on that stuff Like as soon as we basically walk out of the changing room we'd get us all hiked up in the changing room Walk out of changing room, and we had all these like we always had to walk in a straight line. We had to walk real pride, and it was basically when we walked in the court because volleyball courts <coughs> maybe have fifteen courts here. Everyone would turn and look at us, yeah, you know, because we were the top team, and so it, you know we we kind of a lot of times we win a game just in that moment because we mm. walked in, and everyone thought shit, these guys are amazing, yeah, and even like our warm up was like it was like an arts display. We all had like had a routine that you know, and it was just all about intimidating your, your opponent, yeah. and it and it worked. So obviously, you know, in in Ironman, you're often only racing against yourself. But yeah, I, I still think it's a it's a getting yourself in thing. a good place, eh? Exactly. Yeah. Um, this was quite a funny one. Uh, the only train when, when you're ready to train, um, and the example he used was, you know, that that'd be it. Uh, I think it was he was talking about a university team, and you basically had to come through the gate to get to practice, and. Uh, you're only allowed to come through the gate when you're ready for training and you're 100% focused. So you'd often have guys sort of standing at the gate and just not not walking in because he, the coach did not want them on the practice field. If they were late, that was, wasn't was good, but he didn't want people to be late and not focused. So or being there and not focused. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's something I've, I've suggested to a number of my athletes is, you know, maybe just take... 30 seconds or a minute before you actually start your training session and think about what you want to get out of that workout rather than just being in a crappy mood, rushing, 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 jumping on your bike and then getting out and going. Maybe just stop for a couple of minutes, think about what you're trying to achieve and uh, and then go out and do it. One thing you can do there is, because one thing with um, our sport is that most of our training sessions there is a bit of preparation. Um, you know, you've got to get your food ready, you've got to get your cycling gear or your running gear. And, and I think that's a really good time to find a good routine that once you're actually <laughs> going to start preparing for... Uh, your training session, that's when you turn your mental game on and it's going, exactly. well, what are my objectives of the session? When is it that I need to work hard? Okay, mentally, what do I need to do to make sure I do it at that time? Um, and so, you know, maybe do a checklist of your gear as well. Yep. So then when you actually get on the bike, you're mentally prepared for those times. Hmm. Uh, number five. Number five, um, focus on the process of engaging in the activity rather than the outcomes of your mm, performance. That's a good one, isn't it? So, it's a it's pretty simple one, and we've probably talked about it quite a bit. Is uh, you know when you're out there, don't think about where you've come from necessarily in terms of the race. You know, if you're 100 kilometres in the bike, don't worry about the 100 kilometres you've already passed, and don't yep. worry about the end of the bike. Just focus on what you're doing at the time, and the rest will kind of take care of itself. Often we can get intimidated by looking too far down the the race course, and uh, things haven't got gone so quite so well. We start getting worried that we've lost time or anything. 
anything like that. Just focus on what you're doing and the rest sort of takes care of itself. I think that's the important thing to remember is that you can only ever control the moment. Mm. And, uh, and so outcomes are basically a result of controlling your moments well. Yeah. Um, and if you, you know, and obviously other things are factors, but, you know, you don't know what's going to happen up the road, but you know what's happening now. So if you can control what's happening now, then you may find up the road you'll Just be better off. Don't worry about the uncontrollables, you know. There's not much you can do about things like weather, no, um, no. The surf conditions. Obviously, there's things you can do to get yourself prepared for those situations, but if it happens, you know, it's out of your control. One thing as well is, is in training, just going back to the kind of first point, is that how to turn yourself around on a, on a bad day. You know, yeah. like how do you actually try to learn that about yourself, that when you're having a bad day, what can you do? Because like, we've all had bad days, and then some days you're able to turn, you know, like maybe two hours into the ride, all of a sudden you've got, you're fired up and you're kicking butt. And yeah. what is it that makes you do that? Because I think it's different for everybody, but if you yeah. can discover that, you know, during a race, you know, when you're having a bad day, you can sometimes turn it around and exactly. all of a sudden be kicking butt. So, so there we go. That's so this week's no, high five. No kind of six. Oh, no, I didn't have a six, actually. It was yeah. a bit disappointing. Make one up right now. Um, eat food. Okay, good. Yeah, Because if go. you don't eat, you die. Exactly. Apparently. There you go. That's our high five for this week. Website of the week. So Peter Tinholt yeah. sent through this week's website. And the reason we're doing it is because we want you guys to be safe. Safe out there, you crazy kookaburras. You crazy kookaburra. <laughs> kookaburra sits in the old country. The Australians out there. Love kookaburra. Love kookaburra. Get your life must be. For those of you who aren't in Australia or New Zealand, you probably don't know what did, did you used to do that in rounds, so you get like half of your class. Yeah, that's right. Like, and you had to do it. Yeah. Oh, that was rock and roll, wasn't yeah, it? It was, back, it was back in the days. <laughs> oh, we don't roll like that anymore. Anyway, um, so... What this is, is it's a website that um, he got through his local cycling club, I think it was, and uh, VizzyVest.com. And it's basically just this really cool vest that makes you really visual when you're on your bike. Okay, cool's not maybe the word. Cool's not the right word. (laughs) But the functionality of it's very cool. Functionality and safeness of this garment is very good. Oh, I like the use of garment Um, there. And, you know... So many people are getting knocked off these bikes these days. You know what? It's uh, really scary, really, yeah. isn't it? It's one of the dangers of our sport, especially if you're in a big city. And this vest is basically like a crossover vest, but it's got lights. Yeah. Kind of lights within it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be missed. No. And for those of you who are riding at night, sure, we've got our little lights on our bike, but, you know, you want to do everything you can, especially when you've got lots of cars around you, to be as visual as possible, because cars just don't see us. Mm. And... uh and yeah, and often triathlon gear is quite dark anyway. Yeah. So it looks like it's got uh, on the front it's got four lights, and on the back it's got four lights on each side. So eight lights on the front, eight lights on the back. And I think if you combine that in with a little couple of little lights on your um, on your bike, I think you'd be pretty pretty visible, and it would have to be pretty bad luck if some numbskull didn't see you. And it's basically a light vest that you'd put over your kind of cycling top. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they flash or not. Yeah, they do. Yep. Uh, they've got reflective tape strips, three mode switch. You can either go for glow, flash, or off. Yeah, uh, I'd suggest you turn it on if it's yeah. dark. <laughs> um, it's got breathable, breathable, yeah. breathable mesh um, construction, fully adjustable, three colours. Yellow, black, yellow, orange. Nice and easily folds away. Mm. Uh, what does it cost? Have we got a cost here? Obviously not. Uh, shipping returns and where to buy? No. But it's probably a good investment. For this those who. Being... Yeah, no, we've got no cost. Oh, no, here we, go. here we go. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. About $55. 55 bucks. I think they're probably 55 bucks Australian. Australian. So yep. It's not too bad. Yep. 
So there we go. Thank you for sending in that, and uh, Peter, and keeping all our listeners safe. And he actually sent through quite a few different versions of Happy Birthday. Okay. I'll, I'll, go? I'll, I'll go first. Oh, I want to do first. <laughs> English. Happy Birthday. Okay, Dutch. Can you try that? You, you, you know more Dutch than Oh, me. I know. I love you. Gerafe met je ver dag. Danish. I can't even read that. Yeah. Uh, You're going blind, aren't you? Tilki med Freudelstagen. Bon anniversary, French. Bon anniversaire. Anniversaire. Okay. Uh, German. Alle gutzum. Gutzbetag. Lads, breste sona dutz. Irish? That doesn't really yeah, sound Yeah, they sound very Irish. <laughs> Korean. Uh, Singaral. Chucky Menino. Menino. <laughs> Spanish. Feliz. Uh, Arios. Very good. And Portuguese. Moltos parbenos pele su anniversario. It'd be hard to sing happy birthday in Portuguese, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> You'd be struggling. So, very good. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that was Peter. So, yeah. oh, do you okay. want to say? We've got no club website. Why is that, John? We've got no club website because I'm lazy and I didn't do all my piece properly. Oh, You're at this twice now. Okay, give us some music. You want music? Here we go. Okay, so we're going to have an interview coming up next. Uh, I'm going off to do it shortly. Taking the laptop. Taking the laptop. Oh, uh, the laptop. <laughs> we're just going off to interview a guy from Skins, and uh, so we'll chuck that in right now. What's his name? David, gonna, David Watt. Yeah. I'll do another little okay, intro. Because I'm not going with you. Okay, there we go. Yeah. David Watt, we love you. Okay, as we uh, promised earlier in the show, um, we've now got an interview with uh, David Watt, from, uh, who is a distributor for Skins in New Zealand. Bevan has decided to skive off. He's actually doing a dance routine, doing his aerobics in front of a school full of uh, raging girls. And as you heard earlier in the show, he was munching away on coffee beans, so God knows how that's going to go. Um, but anyway, I've got David Watts sitting next to me. Uh, welcome along to the show, David. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think probably the best thing to start off with is um, a lot of people may not necessarily know what skins are and may not have come across them. So if you could just give us a, a brief outline of what skins actually are. Okay, I guess uh, to start with the where they come from, uh, Skins is an Australian uh, company and uh, the initial development come from some Australian skiers that were um, getting a lot of lactic acid build up and burn in their thighs from skiing, which most of us get, um, and in the early days they did a lot of uh, research and testing and, and uh, run into some guys in the US that were doing some testing on compression garments for astronauts. Um, and that's so that's where the early development of the technology come from. Um, and basically, since then, uh, Skins has sort of blazed a trail of, of creating uh, in the compression garment industry. Um, and uh, I guess the key for them is right from day one, they've been involved in the research and medical testing side of things, which is giving them a real edge over the anything else in the marketplace. Okay, so it's basically. Compression garments, nice and pretty, pretty tight things. I think a lot of people just see the um, the leggings, but as we're sort of going to go into it, so it's it's quite a bit more than just yeah, necessarily the leggings. Absolutely, and um, there's uh, <coughs> there's all sorts of compression. You know, like your your lycra that you used to wear to aerobics 20 years ago offered some sort of compression, um, but the the real key with the skins is what they call their engineered gradient compression or bioacceleration. And what that is is actually means is the the, uh, 
that compression is greater at the peripherals of your body than it is um, near your heart. And what that does is obviously um, increases venous return or blood flow back to the heart, which um, obviously helps remove lactic acids and waste products. Nice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we talked a bit about the company. It's obviously an Australian company. Slap another shrimp on the barbie. That's what we always say when we talk about Australians. Um, <laughs> But they've been, they've, how long have they been around for now? Uh, they've been around about six, seven years. Yep. yep. Okay. And uh, we've pretty much had skins in New Zealand for five or six years. Um, early days in New Zealand, um, there was resistance because of the price, um, and so initial introduction to the market in New Zealand was probably to some extent the envy of a lot of other brands. We we come in from the top down via elite athletes and, and national teams um, because they were <coughs> the first people to understand the the real benefits of the technology into their performances. And you're saying, I mean, you see it all the time, you see the guys, the rugby players and everybody around the world just wearing products and they're generally the skins they're wearing and it's really taken off at an elite level and I think you're yeah. now seeing the flow down effect into yeah. sort of more, more the age group racing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what a, a lot of the early uptake was because the sports scientists, the physiotherapists, the, <coughs> the doctors of all these teams uh, researched it because... It's their job to be at the forefront of advice for their their uh, athletes, and so a lot of support come from those guys, and that's how they got to be using it. But yeah, certainly now um, it's definitely reached the mass market in the Weekend Warriors. Um, a, a huge uptake by the Weekend Warrior for using it now for their training and recovery. Okay, so the science of it. What what do we actually? If we put on a pair of skins, whether they be tights or tops or whatever, what are we actually trying to achieve? Um, the, the, the key, I think, is in the recovery. Um, you know, everybody, I think, at some stage in their life, gone to the gym after doing nothing for three months and, <laughs> um, and then been un- unable to walk for the next 48 hours, and we all know that as uh, DOMS or delayed onset of muscle soreness. Um, and that's one of the key things it's doing. It's basically um, helping you recover from training sessions and, and you flush out those... Uh, the lactic acids and the, the waste products after heavy sessions. Yep. And, and so it's really, a, the, when if you're looking at, say, training versus using them during training, which a lot of people do, versus recovery, they're more designed for training, but uh, for, for recovery, but can be used in training yeah, at the same a, time? There's, there's a couple of key elements that also help them with uh, using during training. Um, whenever you're running in particular, um, but most sports, um, you have a certain amount of muscle vibration, um, and that's obviously can cause soft tissue injuries um, and what the skins do being a compression garment with um, extra panelling in the thighs in particular they offer what's called muscle wrapping which reduces the muscle vibration okay. so that's a really key component for uh, using whilst exercising a couple of other things they obviously uh, whip the moisture away from the body so they um, whip the moisture away from your body when you're training sort of um, help control your body temperature um, but because of the increase in venous return and the blood flow, it acts also as a, a cooling mechanism. So if you're overheating when you're training, yep. it can actually uh, keep the fluids moving around your body. And um, in, in cold weather, it's going to keep the blood flow going around the body and, and keep you warm as well. So yep. Yep. And one of the other areas that you're certainly very big on and uh, getting rid of the cankles when you go travelling, um, yep. it's certainly an area that... You've definitely said there's some fairly significant uh, scientific research saying 
when you're travelling, if you're wearing a compression garments, you, you're going to see a fairly noticeable difference, yeah. especially if you've got you know yeah, what they you know the you know leg edema as they call it in the in the technology field, it's, uh, or swelling of the ankles. You know, I think there's something like 90% of travellers uh, are affected by uh, swelling of the ankles or swelling of the legs when flying. Um, Skins has actually just finished some research um, on 50 different people for flying with uh, the, the jet skins on, with the jet skins uh, different to the sports skins, and they actually have an ankle stirrup as well to help reduce the ankle swelling. And um, there was uh, approximately a 55% um, improvement in the uh, in the ankle swelling when using uh, nice. the skins. So it was quite significant, and yeah. uh, they're actually now doing more research into that um, but it also found because of the increased blood flow, the people that had jet skins didn't need to drink as much on board as well, which is right. obviously a really crucial factor in jet lag. Yeah. Um, and also they found that they, people were saying that they felt more alert cool. when they got to their destinations. Yeah. So it's quite significant. Well, Be- Bevan, as we all know, sort of went over to Taiwan a couple of weeks ago and wore his, so we'll get his feedback um, later on in the show, but he definitely found them very beneficial. Uh, so... I'm looking forward to my next sort of travel. I don't know. Actually, I'm going to Rarotonga next month, so I'll, uh, it's only a short, relatively short haul flight, but I'll certainly give them the crack there. Um, in terms of um, what's, how skins are perhaps different to, say, just a, a running tight or, or, or other sort of impression garments, what's yeah. the sort of difference there? I guess there's, there's, there's a few key things, and, and uh, a couple of them we've discussed already, and, and the first one is the um, engineered gradient compression, so the, the, the fact of the compression at the ankle or the peripheries is greater, um, so that's a, that's a very key part of the compression of skins. The other real key thing is um, any type of uh, tight-fitting garment will give you some sort of compression, but to be a true compression garment and actually be able to um, work efficiently for you, it needs to be based on your BMI or your body mass index. Um, that's your height and your weight. Um, that's a real key element for skins. So our sizing is completely different to sizing of any other apparel you've probably bought. And in fact, um, normally I wear mediums for everything, but in the skins I wear a small. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because it's based on my BMI, not on not on traditional sizing. Um, that's very key. Um, the other thing is, um, as I said earlier, the research and testing. Um, skins has used not only their own research and testing, but a, a number of independent studies have been done um, they've uh, now been endorsed by the Australian Physiotherapy Association. Um, that took two years, and it's it's not an endorsement you get lightly because mm-hmm. they're obviously recommending skins as a recovery tool for their athletes. So um, we're also registered with the TGA, which is a Therapeutic Goods Association, and we're the only compression garment that's registered with the Therapeutic Goods Association. Nice. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, all those endorsements are nice. You know, there's been articles published in the British Sports Medical Journal, etc., but... Um, the real growth of skins, um, I think, is in word of mouth. You know, you can read all the research and uh, testing and uh, marketing stuff that you see, but if your mates are using it or your, uh, you know, elite athletes that you work with are using it and they say, yes, it really works for me, you know, exactly. nothing, nothing beats word of mouth really exactly. when it comes down to it. So. Cool. So <clears throat> you've obviously got um, people have seen a lot of people maybe perhaps running in the skins um running tights, uh, you've got quite a bigger range on top of that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting the development of the range. The range is sort of developed as uh, athletes have been using it and they've said to skins, hey, well, you know, we do this, we'd like mm. some of this, and 
several of the products they've brought out, they thought, oh, I don't know whether that'll work. But, yeah. but everything they've brought out has been hugely successful. So probably the first thing that came after the long tights was the long sleeve tops. Um, that's now probably our second biggest seller. Um, there's short sleeve tops. Um, there's sleeveless tops. Um, there's now power sleeves. Uh, the power sleeves were designed initially for um, basketballers because um, basketballers use what they call shooting sleeves because they've got a lot of repetitive, a- repetitive action from doing, you know, <coughs> shooting 100 baskets in practice. Yeah. Um, so that's all the different sizes, I mean, sorry, all the different skews for the, the upper body, and they um, that's all based on your chest measurement as well. Um, then you've got the lower body, you've got your longs, you've got the jet skins, which are obviously got the ankle stirrup. Um, then you've got what they call half tights, which come down to just above your knee. Yep. Um, and recently they also developed uh, power socks. Um, the reason for that was uh, the development there was done for um, AFL and rugby players and, and um, NRL players to wear under their socks whilst they're playing. Um, and the key there was the calf muscle was got one of the major muscle pumps in your body and so that they could actually get some uh, benefit whilst they were playing. Definitely more and more people wearing those socks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and, and there's, you know, all along, then the women's range come out. So the women's range is uh, pretty much the same, except the women have tank tops and they also have uh, capri, which is your three-quarter length. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, you'd say, oh, well, three-quarter length, what's the point of that? It doesn't cover my calf. Well, yeah. When it comes to the women's range, to some extent, um, fashion comes into it as well as yep. function because <clears throat> women like to keep up with the fashion. That's right. <laughs> um, obviously, the big question is, is where you can get it. Uh, I will be selling it um, shortly through my, the New Zealand Multisport and Triathlon Centre, but for people um, elsewhere in New Zealand, best place to go and find their local retailer? Yeah, the best thing to do is just go to skins.co.nz. Um, that will take you to the New Zealand store locator. Um, all you need to do um, is make sure you've got your postcode, your local postcode before you go there, enter in your postcode, and that will tell you the six nearest stores to your location. Cool. And for overseas listeners? Overseas listeners, if they just go to skins.net, um, which is the Australian homepage, and that will take them to their relevant country. Very good. Um, are there any other upcoming sort of things happening? I mean, any new... Product developments or product releases you can uh, inform us of? Or? Yeah, well, there's, there's at the moment probably one of the key things that Skins is doing as far as development is actually um, growing their international market. So rather than developing uh, more product, they know they've got a hell of a good product and they know it's selling exceptionally well in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and now the UK, they've been in the UK for about 12 months. Um, they just currently opened an office in the US, which is obviously a massive market. Um, they're currently also launching into mainland Europe, um, and in the last year they've gone into Japan, Singapore and Dubai. So that's the, what the real growth phase is at this stage. They did have a couple of um, product developments. They did a wee bit of work with some Skins underwear in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but they've basically they're just leaving that as it is at the moment while they develop their international markets. Yeah. Um, the other thing they're doing is there's a lot more colours coming to the range. Yeah. Um, a number of sports teams use the half tights or shorts whilst they're playing. Yeah. Um, so they've brought out five different colour skews in the shorts, um, the, actually the five colour states of Australia. Oh, right. <laughs> but that they are quite sporting colours. They're reds, blues, yeah. blacks and uh, greens, which is you know standard sports colours. So... Um, we'll see growth with those in New Zealand as well. 
Um, there is a couple of other things in the pipeline, but I, I probably can't, can't disclose those at the moment. That's all right. Um, and some people have been known to be wearing skins overnight in bed. It's probably not particularly conducive to, to you know what, but uh, is is that something you've heard quite a bit of or not? Yeah, in fact, I, I do it regularly myself, oh, I must admit. Go. Got young uh, children, you see. You yeah. don't need to worry about that anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, particularly if I do, I say, a 100, 120k bike ride on a Sunday, I'll, uh, I'll sleep in them on Sunday night or a big a big run. Um, but <clears throat> many of the elite athletes in New Zealand uh, talk about wearing them, uh, sleeping in them, and um, both before and after big events. Um, so yeah, there's a, certainly a lot of people that find them very useful. Okay, well, just we have one question in from uh, good old Chris Rose, who we've had on the show once before. Um, anyway, I'm a big fan of skins and have definitely found help post-exercise recovery, but my question for the experts would be, if you're wearing them for recovery rather than during exercise, how soon after exercise should they be put on for and how long should they be worn for? Well, basically my suggestion is to uh, put them on immediately, you get out of your shower after you exercise, um, because as you know, the, the key to recovery um, after an exercise session is, is you know good hydration and good food straight away, but it's also um, good recovery. You know, you'll see, for instance, um, you know, other forms of recovery are jumping on your uh, wind trainer or treadmill after a, a rugby game. You'll see, quite often, see the guys when they come off, they'll jump on the wind trainers. So recovery is really important to do straight away. So yeah, I would recommend straight after your shower, um, put the skins on. And my recommendation for length of time <coughs> is, I say to people, at least three to four hours, um, if you're not going to go and sleep in them. But yeah, um, yeah I, I say three to four hours. At, Absolute minimum. Sweet. There you go, Chris. Keep wearing those skins. You're going to be a champion in no time. Any other things you had down there, David? That's no, I, I think that, that covers the key things for us. But, cool. you know, I think in, in summary, as we said, uh, probably the, the key things with skins is, um, you know, word of mouth and, um, you know, virtually every elite athlete in Australasia and is, is now using the skins um, and they're using them because they know they work and um, from the... From the uh, suggestions of their physios, doctors and sports scientists so <coughs> I think it, um, yeah, it speaks louder than, louder than any marketing. And Bevan and I have both uh, now got some skins and we're certainly going to be uh, giving our feedback on, on how they are um, over the next you know, uh, six to nine months or so but um, basically we're not in a, neither of us are in a huge training phase at the moment but uh, we both are travelling so we'll be able to give you feedback on that and as we sort of both ramp up the volume uh, we'll definitely be wearing them a lot, so we're both interested uh, to see how they go, and uh, we'll certainly be giving you guys the feedback. So thanks very much for your time, David, and, um, yeah, we'll uh, keep plugging away, and um, if anybody wants to get them, um, just refer back to those websites we talked about before, or I'll be bringing up my own um, business side a few times, and we can, uh, can get them through me as well. So very good. Thanks for that. Okay, so first up we had Wayne Keat. And Wayne was saying, what's Wayne? Oh, actually, we're going to Chris. Oh, no, it's one of the skins. Wayne Keat. Wayne just wanted us to mention he is doing an Enduro Challenge uh, coming up this Sunday. It's a good charity fundraiser for the Great Ormond Street Hospice for Kids. It's based on the Enduro Man concept. The Enduro Challenge is a race from London to Paris. Six fit, committed, and daring Morgan Stanley employees. Wayne Keat, Deirdre Ward, John Lund, Andrew Monroe, Gret Edwards and Rob Daniels will compete this ultimate triathlon racing against Barclays Capital, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank and USB for the first team to reach Paris. The teams are scheduled to start the Enduro Challenge on Sunday the 26th, so they're actually underway already. Um, Good luck. Good luck if you're listening on the way. 
depending on the weather and tides and the channel we'll finish in the early hours of Tuesday morning which will be before the show comes out hopefully yeah. uh, the challenge will test both, test both physical and mental endurance and comprise an 87 mile um, run to Dover a 29 mile swim to Calais no wetsuits and 180 mile cycled Paris all three events are relay events with a baton being exchanged each hour to the next member of the team it'd be a bit hard swimming with a baton wouldn't it they wouldn't be pretty hard, eh? <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you're interested in uh, supporting these guys, I haven't actually got a website here, but if, I'm sure if you look up uh, Enduro Challenge or something like that on Google, you can probably donate to that cause. So good luck to you guys. Wayne Keats, a listener, and he's actually uh, coming on Epic Camp um, later this year. Okay, we have another question from Christopher Day, and I've actually got a picture of Christopher Day on our website this week. Oh, very nice. Out of the tray. Yeah. Very good. And we've also got a picture of the guy on the first podium finish oh, picture yeah. on Iron Man Talk. Jacek Kowanowski from uh, yeah. Poland. He's got the jersey. He's got the the Iron Man Talk on the podium. Yeah, he finished third in the Austrian, uh, in the Viet Men's Austrian, not Austrian, uh, Polish yep. uh, triathlon champs. So pretty happy about that. But anyway, uh, Chris is saying, if he's thinking about moving to New Zealand or buying a house in New Zealand, where would be a good place if you're looking to train? Obviously Christchurch is the number one spot yep. and we are a little bit biased but um, in all seriousness it is a bloody good place to train. Um, we've got great pools to swim in. Um, Bevan and I are here obviously. There's well, a lot. That makes it obvious doesn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of athletes down here. It's kind of whatever rocks your boat. You know Auckland's yep. a big city, um, not my cup of tea no. and very difficult to train unless you're out, out in the suburbs yeah. a bit. Um, Wellington's just too bloody windy. Yeah. And uh, you I mean, could go to a place like Taupo, which would be good, but you're kind of limited, aren't you? Yeah, it's yeah. just the small town stuff. So if that's your your, your thing, then Taupo's Christchurch. Good for real estate prices too. So exactly. everyone come, come live in Christchurch. <laughs> anyway, sponsors. Okay, so what do we got? We got Athlinks. We'll start with Athlinks this week. Athlinks.com. So this week is your. You've only got a couple of days left for our competition. Oh, that's week. right. We've got um. We've got do, another one today actually. Did we? Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it was Chacha Baba. Um, so go on there and enter the uh, make a little video type thing of yourself and promoting Iron Man Talk and the winner will get a pair of Oakley Transitions glasses Yep. and other than that you just need to be getting on Athlinks and putting your race results up there you know it's, I think it's Great place for doing that, and I was actually going. I didn't actually get around to do it. I should have done it. I was going to do a, a party results type of thing, a party report. But okay. I, but I didn't get enough time. Um, but I, I've, I've been looking at other people's profiles lately, and I'm just I'm really watching, liking how you actually see you guys race results, and people seem to be really getting into putting all the information on there. And I think the key to this is actually getting all your mates on there as well, because. Yeah. Um, you know, while you may get on there yourself, it's kind of one of those things where you get your group of friends together and you all catch up with everyone else is doing, and then you know it's just really, I find that really cool. Cool. It's up to 181 friends this week. Yeah, slowly getting up there. I know 200 is the big mark I'm going for. Right. There you go. I'm just looking at people's here. What about Stuart Dunn? He did Iron Man UK 2007. Stuart Dunn. Okay, let's have a look. Race results. Stuart Dunn, Iron Man 2007, UK. Whoa. Okay. Let's go where he was. Where, where, does it show you that? Yep, scroll down. It'll give us a little highlight somewhere. Um, I probably scroll too fast. Well, you never know. Yep. Uh, yep. Still loading up. <laughs> a lot of people did Iron Man UK. But like Bevan said, get all your friends on there. And you can with that new rivals feature, you can sort of customise your rivals. So you can choose who you want to... Uh, there we go. Stuart Dunn. 1038 10.38 pretty solid yeah, day at the office there nice work 104 and then a 5.42 and then a 3.45 all round race hey good consistent race nice work Stuart yeah, where'd, well he, where'd he finish uh, about 117 117 nice work out of over a thousand very good yeah. Um, but yeah athlinks.com is your sort of 
use it as a social space as Bevan uses and also to keep all your results in one place and compare yourself against others uh, fantastic yep. resource and next up we've got Coffees of Hawaii and as yeah, you can say we've been smelling the coffee haven't we yeah you've been here if you've heard any little cracking in the Wait background so I'll turn on for a second okay wait a second you keep talking so we, we went and uh, Albert sent over <laughs> it's still a bit hot <laughs> hear this yeah oh yeah Oh, it smells good too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at the nice and dark, eh? Oh, yeah, we like them dark. The cracks, are, the cracks are opening up. Oh, it's burning my nose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn your nose close to the heat. So we have, we've got our little popcorn maker here, and Albert kindly sent over some uh, oh, fresh cream beans. Oh, oh, I've got a bit of a cold, so my smell's not too good. No, but... I probably should keep away from you. <laughs> oh, that's good. Albert sent over some estate-grown Malawi co- uh, Malalani coffee, um, 3.5 mm. ounces, fully washed and sun-dried. It was a rich of full Can you eat them all? Uh, I wouldn't suggest... Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I wouldn't suggest doing that. It's actually right. Is it? I think we burnt that one. No, you're supposed to burn them. And that's the thing, when you roast them, you can roast them to different uh, levels. Mm. And, uh, so what did we aim for? We were aiming for an exceptional blend. It's an exceptional as a medium dark roast. I don't think we went dark try enough. It. It's good. Um, okay, thanks. Just try it, man. Okay. Come on, the try. Mm, oh, I didn't well, even try it. It was, it was tasty. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of like popcorn. Okay. Mm. Good. Bevan's going to eat the coffee and see mm, drinking it. Really good. <laughs> Sorry about drinking it. Just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you go on to coffeesofwine.com, mm. um, fantastic supporter of the show, sign up to the. I'm getting a hit, I'm getting a caffeine hit. Good. Oh, man. Kevin's about to go and teach a whole bunch of girls. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's going to go in there, it's going to be buzzing off the walls. Oh, really good. Um, but anyway, get on to Coffees of Hawaii. Um, remember, those shipping rates have come down significantly, so it's much cheaper it. to get shipped anywhere in the world. Join up to the Coffee Club, and then you'll be uh, informed of any uh, specials. Who's got their phone <laughs> on now, eh? Who's got it? their phone on now? There we go. And last but not least... Oh, oh look at this. They're telling you which one you've got. Oh, nice. Okay, so we've got Firefox. Bevan has been... Uh, you got somebody waiting outside? No, no. no she's on her way. Bevan decided last week uh, to tell people to email in when... Oh, man, was that a stupid <laughs> idea or what? That must have got like a thousand emails. Bevan said, whoever sees uh, I'm uh, Try Buys Go Live first, email him. So Bevan's just been getting pounded with all these emails. He's been getting pounded, <laughs> I tell you. It sounds wrong. And, but who won it? Who, do, you, do you have the uh, name? I can't remember, actually, now. We'll have to bring that along next week, but yep. she's going to get a special little prize. Mm-hmm. But Try Buys is now live. Now, it is a soft launch. Yep. They only really wanted us to release it for them to kind of play around. Yep. So if you have been on there and um, if something hasn't quite been right, just email them and let, let, let them know. Um, but we've got some good news for you. Go on. Go on, John. This week, the guys at Try Buys are offering uh, Ironman Talk listeners 20% off multi-sport apparel. This doesn't include shoes, wetsuits, or helmets. Um, and the site will make it pretty clear um, on how you do it. So basically... You go through the site, you purchase your, um, uh, get whatever you're going to do, and when you're going through the checkout, there'll be a special little code you can use to, to do that. Yep. And it's Iron Man Talk 74. 74. Yep. Only lasts for one week. Only lasts for one week, so by next week, uh, if it's past Tuesday, the whatever next Tuesday is, about the 4th or 5th, yep. uh, it's too late. It's just for this week. The code is a coupon voucher or whatever is Iron Man Talk 74 and you get 20% discount off all triathlon apparel. 
Yep, really good deal. So get on there, get out there. Now they are really looking for feedback because you know there has been a couple of glitches over the first few days, but that's to be expected. And they really, if you're finding there are any glitches, really just send them an email. What's the email address they want us to send it to? Service at trybuys.com. And um, I'm still eating this coffee. Yeah. Um, And then. Just give them some feedback, and it's all about helping them. They really want to do the big launch of the website around October. October, they? they're doing mm. some big, some big promotions. So basically, it's only the Ironman Talk listeners that really know about this. If you yeah. haven't already entered the, um, the competition, uh, it's still it's still going there on the right hand side of the page as you go in there, and uh, yeah, just get stuck in there. Obviously, on the site, it's got swim, bike, run, exterior, or tri gear sort of along the top there. So you just pick what you want. Go on there and uh, just go on there and, and and see what you think of it. And obviously, if you're in the mood to buy anything buy away and you get a 20% discount if it's triathlon apparel okay everyone have a way you want to support us um, Amazon Expedia what's Expedia oh, we, we're working on that oh, we'll work on that will we okay. yeah. so Amazon if you're going to buy any products from Amazon just go through our store and we get a little bit of commission on that and we love you for that mm. so just reminding you our sponsors athlinks.com oh, yeah. coffeesofhawaii.com trybuys trybuys.com .com. okay what are you up to for the rest of the week Jumbo what am I up to? I'm getting over a bloody cold. I'm, I never get sick, and I've got a little bit of cold, so I'm not happy about it. Jumbo came to my party. I had three beers, and that was that was the end of it. I was surprised you lasted as long as you did. <laughs> I, I had to get home to wife Yeah, no, you did well. Were you, what time did you get home? Oh, probably about half 11, nice. 12 o'clock. Nice. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce is a local triathlete that I man this year. Big night lasted till the end. Yeah, he, he he was funny because he was fired up, man. You should have seen him. He was dancing like it was nineteen ninety nine, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was fading, and I was like, oh no! And then next minute he's back into it again. Yeah. It's like he went into transition, got changed, come back out. So was that's because he shipped his wife and kids over to bloody Australia. He was on a free pass for the weekend. Oh really? Well, he made the most of that. Then I tell he you, because he was living a vida loca. Um, anything else? No, other than that, not much. I'm, I'm officially starting training back next week as well. Oh, next week? Going, I'm going on the program, getting myself program written up. And I'm okay. back on it. I am too. Um, what else? Um, what have I been up to? I've been oh, my party. Sorry. What have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, John was the love. God. I'm a party. So I had my party. It was a good night. I was featuring more than a lot of people on the little picture show. Well, it was, it was, I was talk. Jeez, man. There was pictures of my wedding. There was pictures of me in Hawaii. Yeah. I was just going, man. Because I, I had this big, big screen TV and I basically had a picture show going over and over again. Uh, with photos of all the people who are important in my life. And John Boy, you're obviously important oh, in my life. Here we go. You gotta almost say I love you. And um so I had a great night, went out. Almost, I never go out. Yeah. I never go out. And I went out. I didn't get home till nine o'clock in the morning and it wasn't because I was being a bad boy. We partied until nine o'clock in the morning, got home. Madness. Oh, unbelievable. Mm. Had so much fun. Lots of you got on the bloody email about 9 o'clock in the morning. Did you know you'd go to bed or something? No, I couldn't because then Tyler came home. Right. And so I, was, I didn't sleep all day. <laughs> so I literally had no sleep. And uh, great. No, I don't drink. And the funny thing was I don't drink. So at, at work, I said I went into work and everyone's going, oh, man, you should have seen Bevan. He was so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the sober guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so someone came up to me and they said, oh, yeah, 30, I'll be really sad that he needs some eye cream. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all downhill oh, from so there. Good. So it was a good time. Turn into my thirties. Bring on the next ten years. But anyway, yeah. it's pretty much. Oh, I email questions. I man talk at Gmail. Check out the website for show notes. Anything else? No, that's about it. Party hard. Iron rusts. Iron men don't train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.